Welcome back to How to Get Scouted, episode 10. I'm Drew. I'm Olu. And we've got a very interesting, we've got a very interesting episode this week. We're talking to Neil Trotman, who is a sports psychologist. Is that right? Yeah, and psychotherapist and counsellor, yeah, in sports. Okay, and you're qualified, professionally qualified. Can you just tell our audience a little bit about what you do and how you do it? Yeah, ex-professional footballer, played um, for Southampton, Preston, Huddersfield, Oldham, Burnley, um, Plymouth, so I've been up and down the country. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, injuries led to me um, to be retired in 2015. So when I did retire, I was really, I was wondering what am I doing? Because I come out of a situation where um, my identity was just purely a footballer, and knowing that that wasn't going to happen anymore, I decided to get into the world of psychology, and um, it's something I've been really, really interested in, even when I was playing football. And now, yeah, so I've gone to transition into a psychologist, psychotherapist, and counsellor, and what I'm doing is giving back to the kind of the game really because I know there's a lot of vulnerable plays out there you could do with somebody who maybe have a bit of an insight into what's actually going on in their heads really because it's sometimes it's it's hard to even know what's going on in your head in, in general not just in not just in football so yeah my way just to give back in that sense. So you're quite a unique position in that you're an ex-professional footballer and you've been through a lot of issues that you can now professionally help other people with of course um a little bit about myself i've had over 13 operations in football um i've been released about eight times in football um i actually had a stroke when i was 22 as well and oh um, yeah exactly so i like to feel like i've um mentally i've had to um i've been challenged in the way and uh, to get out the other end and understand how it what it takes to get out the other end as well it's uh yeah i feel like i'm in a unique position and why not give back because i have an opportunity to help somebody who are going through, who's going through that so let's talk about what you do now and why would someone come and talk to you and specifically i want to talk about how you can help someone who has just been signed and they're maybe going and leaving home and they're in their teens and what are the pressures and how are they going to deal with that as i said before there there must be a, a a huge difference between being confident which can turn to arrogance and adversely losing your confidence and being scared in this environment yeah because losing confidence all it takes is a little bit of criticism and um i've got you but um that feeling of not being good enough is probably one of the worst feelings you can have as a footballer and to protect that you have to kind of put on a bravado it's like well i'm the best but deep down you're not i mean it does actually kind of come to a point where you are released that inside that kind of core which you've been trying to avoid is actually quite active in your life right now in terms of not feeling good enough and you feel lonely so just to take it back a little bit when i was 16 i left home to move to Burnley um feel like it was felt like it was great and um yeah I'm going to be a footballer people in and around me saying um oh you're going to be a millionaire you're going to play football you're going to play for England etc in fact I've just said I've had a few clients as well who've been in a similar situation and they've moved home and they're absolutely homesick they're not enjoying it at all their dream of being professional footballer and like cracking on it just wasn't what it kind of it wasn't what they thought really 
So um, people see, yeah, he's going to be a professional football. He's going on with playing with great players. He's following his dream. He's going to be a millionaire. He's going to get into the first team. He's going to be in TV and he's going to play for England. But what's really going on is somebody who's really homesick. His support network is away from him or her. And the isolation, which you do feel, is incredible. All it takes is, as well is one bad training session. Because we have a bad training session, you kind of get showered and you're going back to your digs by yourself in a box room, really, usually. And you have to feel like you have to think about that training session. He was poor. He was bad. What, what, how can you get away from that? And also, even though you had a bad training session, you can speak to your parents. You can speak to your friends. But it's really hard because there's a lot. There's a bit of pride there as well in your ego because they think you're going to be the best thing. And by you talk, calling them saying, oh, I haven't been great, you might feel like you've been letting people down as well. It's really tough. So to speak to somebody who's actually been in that position and understands the game in a way which is kind of they've been in the changing room, they've been released a few times, they know what it's like to have a bad training day. And to kind of get that kind of insight and kind of regroup is to go the next day, really. There's just, just so much there involved as well, especially when you feel so isolated moving away from home because your confidence as well can come from your family. By you living at home with your family um, every day and then going to train, you feel you've got to feel the fact straight away because you've been with the people who you love. And it's great but if that's not there anymore something's missing and then that sound your confidence can go as well so, so let's say someone has is training they've been signed they have a bad day then they have another bad day and these bad days turn into a few weeks and they feel a little bit i don't know if i would use the word depressed but maybe some anxious will they ever play like they could before can you give us a few tips or tricks or that maybe someone could tell themselves or begin to think about that can turn the corner to give them some confidence again? Yeah, um, it's perspective. Perspective is key. Um, nobody likes to train bad. Nobody wants to train bad. And um, I mean, you're out of form as well. It's the worst feeling as a footballer because you're there to do a job and you're not actually doing it. Ultimately, so yeah, ultimately, you're thinking I'm not good enough. People are watching me as well. What's the manager thinking? What's the fans thinking? What are the players thinking? You just feel like you're letting everybody down. But to kind of put that to a side and actually think about it in a way which is, okay, well, I'm here for a reason. Um, I'm signed. The one that had me here if it wasn't um if it wasn't good enough. So what can I do to kind of rectify that? Again, perspective is key. I think it's important to know that everybody has a bad day, everybody has a bad week. Some people have a bad month as well when it comes to training, but it's what you do outside of that to work towards getting better. You're going to have a bad day, but at such a young age, you kind of learn in the game. You're supposed to make mistakes. In fact, at 16, 17, mistakes are actually key because it helps you improve. That's when you get into the first team. So you make a mistake at 16, 17 isn't that bad, actually. Make a mistake at all isn't bad. It's just how you what you do outside of that. Okay, what am I if I make a mistake at a certain if it's if it's heading or if it's tackling, what am I doing to actually improve that? Am I going away by myself to actually know that, yeah, I need to work on that? Or can I speak to someone to say that? No, you are actually good enough. You're in a position, you do some great things as well. It's important to focus on the negatives, but the positives is why you actually got into the situation in the first place. So you can think about what you're actually good at, focus on that. The rest will come together, I'm sure it will. But it's important to stick to that and also know that you can improve and you will improve. And it's actually normal to feel like you're not good enough and you're only human as well. So people are going to have bad games. The greats do. Mm -hmm. but now that, that that's a good point and when you look at the elites especially with uh Cristiano Ronaldo right um his mindset is kind of unbreakable 
you see him do many mistakes, right? But he's still going to try to do the same thing. He's not going to shy away from it. And that's what I believe where players who doesn't have that mindset, they just shy away from the game. You know, uh, if they do one mistake, they're scared to even get on the ball. And um, to break away from that, you actually need to get on the ball to redeem yourself. And even if you do the same mistake again, is can you get on the ball again and show that confidence? Um, yeah, so that's when Drew's arcs in the fine line between arrogance and um, what was it again? Um, confidence. Yeah. Right. If you, if you look at Ronaldo as well, again, some people will say he's arrogant, right? Um, I think he's very confident, but there is a fine line where as a footballer, right, you do always come across as arrogant. And um, unfortunately, that's what the outside viewers see, right? But if you're probably with him, you know, day after day, you know that he's built his confidence so up to a level where it's unbreakable. And I feel like your job as well probably is building players' confidence up. You know, um, making them have that that voice in their head saying, don't shy away, you can do it because you've done it already. Yeah, it's important. I think you make a good point, actually, in terms of Ronaldo. Um, and he makes a mistake, he still, he still cracks on and he still obviously scored, scores the goals he does. Um, he's not good at everything, Ronaldo, but what he is good at, he's very good at. Very, very, and he focused on that as well. Hence why he's very good at scoring goals. He's a goal scorer. And um, you can tell the way he um, reacts in the um in the 18 yard box that he's actually worked on that he's worked on it so much um we compare him to Messi as well Messi's very good on the ball he's very very good on the ball Ronaldo isn't as good on the ball but obviously Ronaldo's Ronaldo is fantastic he's an unbelievable goal scorer but you see where Ronaldo is he he stays within and around probably the box or not too far because he knows his strengths and he works at it so much and if there's a problem he tackles it mm. if the chance, no, I'm no one good enough. I'm going to score. It's that belief because he's worked at it so much in training. He knows if he gets in that situation again, he will score. It's a fact, the fact that he's worked and in, in his mindset, it's like, no, I am good enough. He probably tells himself every day. You could probably see in his demeanor as well. Even in just walking, he just thinks like, I'm great. Mm. It can maybe mistake it as arrogance, but at the same time, it's helping him get through to a point where he's successful. And sometimes he's probably had a setback in his life as well, which has kind of driven him to be the best he can be. Absolutely. So, Neil, would you say for players to kind of get to that level or near that level, right, what are the key stuff that they have to do? For example, is af is affirmation one of them? And obviously, yeah. sorry, and obviously um, for me, I think what's very important is repetition. Repetition in, for example, if you're good at you know, crossing a ball, right? You train on that every single day because then you actually pinpoint your strength. Yeah, um, you have to be dedicated. You yeah. have to be dedicated. You have to be true to the cause as well. Um, again, like you said about the crossing, if it's one of your strengths as well, if it's something you might need to work on, constantly do that. You need to work at the game. It's important. Mm -hmm. People revise for exams because they want to do well in it. Just like football, you need to train to do well in the game. Um, I can only relate to myself in a way which is and um, certain clients as well I got released when I was 18 at Burnley 
And um, one of the reasons why I got released was because I wasn't good enough on the ball. Hated it. My life was completely over. It was the worst thing ever, actually. It's probably one of the worst things to this day, which has happened to me. It's definitely in my top three. And um, as a young player, you think, wow, my life's over. But there comes a point in your life where it's like, okay, I need to take responsibility for me. Uh, I need to be accountable. And if I'm not good on the ball, I'm going to work at it. Um, and nothing's going to get in my way as well. At the time, we twin brother, and we've got the same friends. They were going away on holiday. Um, a lot's holiday and I was like well I want to be a footballer I haven't got a club what am I doing going on holiday because if I'm going away for two weeks it's, it's kind of biting into my time of improving myself and trying to find a club so I made the decision not to go and I realized then I was I was dedicated I knew where I needed to get to and I knew what I needed to do so that was kind of sacrifice certain things with my friends going away on holiday and actually putting that time and effort in going to the gym getting the ball and actually doing kick-ups to really get, become accustomed to it as well, kicking against the walls, really dedicated and determined to improve my game because I knew, that, that, as much as you don't want to believe it, clubs will only get rid of you if you, they feel they can't profit from you and you're not an asset. So you're kind of thinking, all right, okay, I need to get to a point where I am good. I'm going to show you. I use that. Um, I use me being released um, to drive me, really. I was like, I'm going to show you because I know I'm a good player. It's really getting to that point. I, I was here for a reason. I've had great games and those great games, if I can stay at that level, it'll move me on. It's just the fact that I didn't have those great games enough, if I'm being honest. So what can I do to maintain that? And that's work hard at my game. Also, I'm very good at heading the ball, so I worked hard on that as well, so I could perfect it in a way. And it turns out, moving forward in my career, heading the ball was um, is a great asset to my um, to my game as well. So sacrifice and determination you are going to have setbacks it's life life is all about setbacks just how you get away um, get up from that and also realizing what you actually bring to the table because to get in that situation anyway at a professional club it's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do i think it's probably less than one percent who actually get to that point so the fact that you can get to that point shows that you've got something again life is all about setbacks it's how you recover from that because if you really want something you'll go out and get it it's just sometimes you might not have the support like which i do get you might not have the um financial kind of backing but there's always a way there's always a way there's nothing to stop you from kind of going out for a run by yourself getting a ball and just kicking around and working on your game there's nothing stopping you from doing that mm. i get that you can be distracted distractions always come when it comes to football but how much do you want it to kind of get rid of those kind of distractions for you to kind of make a career out of yourself really and go and do something in the game okay just before we finish <clears throat> i want to talk about um finding someone like you and you used two words well you used therapy and you also used counseling yeah. and I think many young children I know I did I would never have dreamed of saying uh, when I was 16 I'm not really happy let me find someone that can help let me find some a counselor how how do you what would you say to encourage people to ask for help, not from friends and family who come with a different perspective, but someone that you don't know, a counsellor, a therapist, to help you through these, to come to terms with these difficult moments that you have, even if it's, oh, I'm leaving my home and I'm going 200 miles north and I'm going to be on my own. What would you say to encourage you know, players, young players, to look for professional help? Um... 
mental men, the mental side of the game is the most important part of the game yeah you can have all the skill the attributes to get you to a certain point but mentally is what kind of gives you the longevity in order to make it so like you just said if you're moving home at 16 all you're doing by talking reaching out to somebody who's a therapist or a counselor is self-care you might not feel anything's up to be honest but sometimes just checking in maintenance in terms of oh yeah i'm feeling like this i, I know it's not kind of not feeling low low but i just want to feel like how can i avoid getting into this situation so it's mainly guidance as well really and um, people think therapy and counseling is like going really deep into trauma or whatever it may be it's not sometimes it's just talking to someone about how your day's been you could talk to someone about how good your day's been as well it's still nice to talk about how you are and it goes the and obviously to get a good understanding of who you are at such a young age is key because you'll know your strengths and weaknesses and when you go to a weak um a weak point you'll know how to get out of that weak point and kind of really focus on the positive so it's mainly having somebody there who you can talk to who can relate and you can get you out good and you can get you out of bad situations and when it's good acknowledging that when it is good you can always get to that point again when you are low and so just to navigate through certain situations because like i said before when you're at home and your digs away from home um, after training it can be a lonely place especially if you've had a bad day as well or the managers said something which you didn't like or even the players or you've had a bad training day that time in that room I, I've been there it's horrible it's absolutely horrible you feel so isolated sometimes you can't tell your friends because they think you're going to play for England soon and um, there's a this major bubble inside football which sometimes a lot of people do not get unless you're in there it's like you're so isolating and when you're outside of that you can't really tell people because one you're embarrassed two you feel like you're not good enough and three there's a lot of responsibility as well and pressure on you to succeed and it's like oh God, this is just so much going on what can i do and to kind of put that onto somebody else like myself to kind of um, take that and dissect it in a way which is kind of like okay manageable because you're kind of more of a clear mind and a kind of more of like a like a free hit to kind of train without um all those pressures really so it's a bit like going to the gym for your for your mind for your mental health it's part of the training package it should be maintenance exactly and i do feel like every club should put that in place as well so everybody who does get released from clubs because unless you're an asset the clubs don't really care if i'm being honest um they release you and that's it see you later um i think every um, young person or any footballer actually because i do speak to a lot of people who are retired um, I feel like some of the club should have something in place where at least it could be 10 sessions where they can speak to a therapist so you can actually help them through the time that they're going through, really. You never know. You don't know when somebody gets released. It could be from 16 to 18 or even higher than that. Their life's completely crushed. Their life is their identity's gone as well. Well, thank you, Neil. Olu and I are now going to release you. <laughs> and... Um... You're going to come back for our next episode, and we're going to talk about that very thing you've just mentioned, which is what happens if you get released. Thanks for listening, everyone.